Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, This one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or, what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I first made public my decision to go to seminary, it was not met with uh, as much enthusiasm or perhaps positivity as one might imagine. And even my own mother really struggled with it for even years. And by the way, she knows I say this all the time because she's more than willing if your son ever thinks about going to seminary. She's always kind of become a missionary now to share with them her own struggle, but also how she began to find joy and now is very joyful to have a son as a priest. But it was difficult. There are those among my family, my friends, those within the Coldwater community, which is Catholic, right? But still, again and again, whenever I would share it, he would say, are you sure that's what you should do? Maybe you should go to college first, try to figure things out, you know, date, all those kind of things that people always try to say. And in many ways, I discovered many, many obstacles to this. But in the end, thankfully, I persevered. Thankfully, I knew within my heart, within my gut, that that's what the Lord was calling me to. And I think as we look at today's gospel, we have to see that that is indeed, and I experienced it firsthand, that in many ways we have to learn to despise that which is lowly, which is below God, not despising in the sense of actual hate, but that God takes first and foremost pride of place within our lives, within our hearts, that he has to take precedence even over one's spouse, one's children, one's community, and one's family. Because that is what the Lord says in today's gospel. That is directly his words, not mine, his. Which seems to stand in stark contrast to the kind, nice, kind of inoffensive Jesus that we've often painted within our minds. He challenges us in today's gospel. He challenges us to set aside that which separates us from him. He challenges us to put him first in order to inherit eternal life, in order to inherit something greater than we could ever imagine, anything we will ever receive in this life, an abundance of goodness and an inexhaustible treasury of mercy and graces that never end. That is what he offers to us. I also think it's indicative and instructive for us to look at the context in which Jesus speaks these words to us today as well. 
The first line of the gospel is, great crowds were traveling with Jesus. This is at the peak of his public ministry. Everybody is on board. Everybody's rearing to go. His popularity is at its height. And it is at this moment that he turns to the crowds and says, if anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Harsh words from our loving Savior. And they are, in fact, words of love. How? Why? Because ultimately, if we do not put him first, if we do not put Jesus above all else, if we do not put God before everything, inevitably everything else will fall apart. It is an important thing for us to remember that whenever Jesus tells us to put him first, he does not intend to take everything else away, as is often our thought. But instead, he intends to give it back to us in full. Our familial relationships, our friendships, our communal relationships cannot be healed, cannot receive forgiveness. We cannot give forgiveness unless Christ has first forgiven us. Unless the blood that he poured out on the cross, that he picks up gladly for our sakes, unless that blood was first poured out for us, we cannot have forgiveness from him. And if we do not have forgiveness from him, we cannot give it to one another. We cannot forgive our spouse, our children, our parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, any of our friends. It is only because we've first been forgiven by God as we pray in the Our Father, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Those are words we pray probably every day, but certainly at every Mass. The measure with which we forgive is when how much we will be forgiven in return. And this is what our Lord bestows upon us today. The challenge to take up our cross and follow him. Because ironically, that the crosses that we bear are many, can be heavy, burdensome, difficult, and downright painful. They are also our path to glory. They are our paths to true joy and true peace that the world can never give you. That new iPhone is never going to satisfy your heart. That new TV show on Netflix is not going to satisfy your heart. Having a 30-pack is never going to satisfy your heart. Every one of those things will leave you more empty in the end. And it is only whenever we put Christ first that we truly come to recognize and are filled. By ironically losing our life, we find it. And this is the great gift, the gift that keeps on giving. Because each and every Mass, God literally lays his heart out on that altar, his heart's literally waiting for you in that tabernacle at every moment. He gives his heart entirely to you. His heart which was broken so that you might be made whole. His heart which was given to you so that you might receive the inexhaustible treasury of mercy. His heart which was nailed to the cross to give you an infinite amount of love. That is the God that comes to you today.
that comes to you at every Mass. And all he asks in return is for your heart, for you to lay your heart upon that altar with his in order to receive the fullness of the graces that he desires to give to you. Because he wants to give you much. He wants to give you gifts that you can never, ever imagine. He wants so much for you. But only whenever you give him his heart can ultimately he heal that heart and give your heart what it truly desires. And that's why, you know, like people have said a couple of times, actually not a couple of times, many times to me, Father, we have a bunch of people that come to Mass, so don't change anything. Our Lord's example in today's Gospel suggests otherwise. At the very moment, wherever he is most popular, he reminds them of what the Gospel calls us to, to take up our cross and follow him, to put him first. He challenges them. He doesn't try to continue to build upon his popularity. He says, remember what this is about. This is not about a good feeling. This is not part of being, about being part of the in-crowd. This is about following me, even to the point of following me to the cross, like we see Mary and St. John in our high altar here at St. Michael's. That is ultimately where he calls you to be, with him. Because that is the place to where we, going to our cross, ultimately receive the glory of the resurrection, the joy of the resurrection, and ultimately the abundance of graces which the cross and the resurrection, working in tandem, bestows upon us, his beloved sons and daughter, his little flock. Because that is who we are. That is who we are in his eyes. And that is why I repeat often, I don't want guts in the pew. I want hearts on the altar. I want us to give ourselves completely to the Lord. Why? Because otherwise, we're just offering people a seat, nothing more. But if we offer our hearts, we in return can offer them the heart of our Lord. Because only whenever we've encountered him can we bring others to him. Only then do we truly become friends of God. Wherever he challenges these people in today's gospel, he's challenging them to be more than just followers. He wants friends. He wants friends. He wants your friendship. He wants your heart. That is the simple truth that our Lord lays out for us today. And it is a truth which, yes, is hard. It's difficult. The gospel is hard. But like so many things that are difficult in this life, they are hard. Having a child is not easy. Raising a child is not easy. But would any parents say it's not worth it? Winning a championship of any sort is difficult. Would someone say it's not worth it? How much more so for those of us who are promised an imperishable crown, an imperishable crown of glory, which never fades, which never ends, in which our Lord gives more and more to us, his beloved. That is who you are. That is who we are. That is who the Christian people truly are. Let us rejoice in that reality, that the Lord desires to bestow upon each and every one of you, his beloved children, an abundance of goodness, a bevy of love, and mercies that never end.